Hi, welcome back to the Mom Mentality Show. My name is Austin Chadwick and co-host is Chris Lucian. And today uh, we're going to be hitting the topic about diffusion of innovation and when to quote unquote fan out and when to fan in, uh, so to speak. Um, so this is picking up from a lean coffee discussion that Chris was having with my uh, current mob just earlier this week. And it was the idea of, let's say you have a successful team or mob and how much do you protect them and let them, you know, be the shining example of goodness and how much do you diffuse them and spread them out into the world. And mm -hmm. I feel like uh, there, you know, there might be some disagreement here. There might not. And so uh, we'll, we'll discover it as we go. But the feeling I get often in uh, conversations, either with one-on-one -on -one with Chris or in other discussions, Lean Coffee, you know, other meetings and stuff is Chris is trying to push people to diffuse out. And I feel like I'm retracting and trying to hold on to goodness in the team, you know, and so uh, I thought this might be a fun one uh, for us. So uh, yeah, what are your initial thoughts there, Chris? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so so well, I think it's a combination, at least. So, so for me, um, you know, sometimes I'm encouraging. So, so there are a couple of examples out there that I that I think of. Um, you know, one is kind of the Menlo Innovation Joy Inc. Uh, you know, promiscuous pairing where you know people don't don't spend more than a day or two together. Um, and then, and, and so what you get is you know lots of uh, lots of I don't know practices going between pairs in, in that in that scenario then i've seen mobs or is like purely promiscuous mobbing and uh and you know i think some people like some people like working in that environment and then some people don't um and uh, i also think that product owners have different reactions to that sort of stuff too and so like a lack of consistency versus consistency um, but I, I think a lot of this is motivated by kind of what you were saying, Austin, um, of the uh, maybe diffusion of innovation, uh, you know, expanding out. So the reason I like promiscuous pairing and promiscuous mobbing, the, the act of switching mobs or pairs, uh, you know, every, every so often, um, you know, on, on whatever cadence, uh, it allows for um kind of unexpected you know chance serendipity to happen like oh i didn't really know you could do that or i didn't know you were working on this i have something to contribute um and and so there there is uh there is the nice part of having some consistency for some time um but i also have seen people kind of stay on the same project for five years 10 years uh, 20 years um, I run into people that have said, you know, that they've essentially just relived the same year of experience at their job uh, 20 years in a row and that they never really like grew, um, you know, and and so maybe maybe that's a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of the fear there of, like, you know, if you let things stay too long, then they will reach some sort of asymptoted ce uh, ceiling um that will then uh you know prevent that team from expanding anymore um so but obviously there is uh, some level of disruption so maybe uh austin if you, <laughs> you want to chime in on that yeah, yeah yeah and i guess um i think i think there's uh different concerns and risks you know to, to weigh out right and so I think if I've heard you correctly, when you talk about the diffusion of innovation, 
at least the beginning of it is you need your innovators together, you know, blocked out from the system that will destroy them, (laughs) doing good stuff and being a shining example so that early adopters and the early majority has a chance to see what good looks like. Um, And then uh, at some point it spreads, right? And I guess the concern I have often in these scenarios is a variation of what uh, Martin Fowler calls about with uh, talks about with semantic diffusion. I'll put a link in the show notes where he was kind of talking about XP or agile. And as the idea spread, uh, my quick understanding, uh, I haven't read the article in quite a while, but is that the meaning of it got lost, right? So maybe the word agile spread or the word XP agile spread, but the quality of what 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 people were doing who were originally part of the original innovators uh, got diffused in a bad way. Like, <laughs> and so, um, and, and so I guess I always have that concern about sustainable quality growth versus like, let's say you have a mob of three people and they're doing awesome. If you took all three of them and threw them out into the system, <laughs> yeah. would that goodness spread or yeah. would it, would the system destroy them? <laughs> destroy yeah. the goodness that happened when they were together. Right. And so, um, and so I, I think I'm talking about two, you know, yeah. polar opposites of the system, right? There's obviously things in the middle, but I think, I feel like I've seen uh, the the diffusion happen in a bad way before. And I, and I guess for some reason, I'm emotionally very concerned about it. <laughs> no, I, you know, yeah. so I don't disagree that that's happening. So, um, yes. So if you take extreme programming, for example, and yes, and the meaning of extreme programming might today just be, do you pair and do unit tests? Um, and maybe that's not, you know, totally, you know, or, or even if it's just, do you pair period? Um, yes. then, uh, I mean, it, it's an interesting thing because, um, you know, did XP, if you kept XP isolated and the definition pure, then would you have positively impacted the software industry than if you had allowed the diffusion to happen, right? So it's like the numbers game versus the, like, you know, pure uh, movement. And and I almost, I almost think of like processor architecture. And so I just read a news article this morning saying that the world record for the fastest processor at nine point something gigahertz and where they were using liquid hydrogen to cool it. Um, you know, so, so, so they, they concentrated that power versus spreading it across many cores. Right. Um, and so you can have a really concentrated concept like pure XP or pure lean or pure systems thinking and, and, and maybe people learn it deeply and thoroughly. Right. But then you, you have to ask at what point do you parallelize and accept the loss? Right. And because, you know, you, you can't keep it concentrated forever. Like, and, and especially when people are concerned, they, you know, people can move on or not. And so, um, you know, I, I have grown to believe that anything over two years is too long. Um, Mm. but, uh, and, and probably there is some lower bound about too short for certain concepts to, uh, coalesce into something as, uh, as concentrated and as good. Um, and, and so, you know, I have seen people, uh, have that concentrated goodness, right. 
and they stuck with it for more than three years. And I think this is why a lot of people will, you know, some people leave companies, you know, I think the the, the most average statistic is two years, but I, I've also heard a lot of people say uh, four years. And I've even asked a lot of people like, oh, you know, so where do you see, you know, it's kind of a variation on the, where do you see yourself in five years? I, I often ask people like, Hey, you've been on this team for five years. What does it look like now? Just to get some, you know, and, and a lot, most people laugh and say, well, I wouldn't be on that team. I would have gone to another team in five years. And so, um, so I think that there is like this little bit of a concern of boredom setting in. And so, so how do you maximize the total numeric impact of a concept across the masses, right? So you write a book about extreme programming. And so you've taken the concentrated thing and then you've made a, you've made a concentrate just add water. And, uh, and now people are adding bigger and bigger amounts of water to the concentrate, uh, to use a juice analogy, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, that book has, has greatly impacted the software, uh, uh, industry and for the better in total, but the concept has lost fidelity over time. Um, and so, uh, I, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's like, what are your total? So, so if you're on a team of 50 people and you have a high performing mob of four, then at what point, you know, and, and maybe they're a shining example, but there there's a portion of the diffusion of innovation curve where that adoption, it will not, the adoption will not be able to get as concentrated as quickly because it's it's like secondhand third-hand experiences unless those people diffuse into the pool uh to then seed the the next generation right so so a little bit of that is kind of what's going on in my head when i when i have that conversation it's like hey you have something really great here like maybe joining other teams and retrospecting towards something similar can can create more than one concentrated version of this where uh I think you run the risk if you stick around too long of being concentrated and awesome until bored and then and then moving on and and you lose that opportunity. Like the clock is ticking in my head of like, you know, somebody somebody is going to move on from from that awesomeness because because, yeah, it's great for a while and then people climatize to their new situation. So, you know, the ideal time to grow this is to uh is to have them move on while they're still excited yeah yeah and i think maybe and i think i'm partially stealing one of your ideas before too but maybe there is a way to have both right yeah. but it's slow in that yeah. it's almost kind of like uh I'm trying to think of, I feel like there's a lot of corollaries and other things, but let, let's say, uh, let's just say product, you know, you're, you're starting, you have a product and you have one product and it's going really, really well. Um, and is there a way to sustain that one product going really well and grow a second product as opposed to diffusing all the effort in the first product into four other products and then you have nothing good. Right. Um, and so I think I've heard you talk about like the cell division mobbing before, right. Where, that appears to be a way where you have a, a good thing going. And then instead of taking all four people and throwing them out into the system uh, randomly, you know, you take uh, two and you split. And then those two people are with two new other people, right? And then yeah. 
the good thing can uh, like a way to keep the good thing going and then allow it to grow into the rest of the system. Right. And so I feel like that where it's kind of like you, you're building off of what you currently have and keeping it, but also, you know, having an opportunity to to grow as well. And I feel like models like that seem way more attractive to me than, hey, you guys have been together too long. Get out of here. Oh. Go somewhere else. You know, <laughs> you know, go. Well, kind yeah. of as originally designed the, the whole the whole system. Right. Um, so so in our environment, we have a rule that people should move on after two years of being yes. in an environment. And uh, some of that um, that rule kind of went into place. Uh, I think mainly because there there was kind of a an asymmetric relationship. Like some people would just stay on a team forever, and and that gradually grew into other problems. And so, um, and so we put the rule in place. A lot of people scattered, um, and and went to other teams. And so so certain things were diffused other things were adopted here and there and other things died off um but you know i do think that uh so the cellular division analogy i think i used in in team growth right so it's like you're adding people adding people adding people and you you don't want to lose culture so so like one way to preserve culture as you grow is to um you know grow and then split uh and and so you know it's still very painful at a rate of you know two people a month uh which is kind of like the maximum cap that we've put on but um it, it's it's pretty effective in that regard you, you just add one person to the mob and then and then another person after they've been on the mob for a while and and, and gradually they you know so so you you ingrain the culture but you still have a chance at cultural loss it's just a lot less than before mm. but when you have a group, you know, uh, maybe a less actively changing headcount, and you're just talking about people that maybe have run into each other before or are going from one mom to another, um, that two year rule is, is kind of meant to be to stagger, right? And so one person leaves a team, another person joins. And so, so theoretically, there is a base there, but it doesn't happen all of the time because uh, sometimes people have joined the same team at the same time. On on this particular team, I think uh, that that team dissolved and then reincorporated later, um, and so in that those people joined all at the same time, um, nice. and so it is better to stagger that by six months, um, the leaving right, mm -hmm. and then you have the opportunity to reinstill culture in the new person, while the person that left will be learning about the culture they're going to. And then gradually retrospecting towards whatever they found to be effective in their experiences, right? And I think that's that's the intent of the diffusion to happen. And, and um, but I, I also like what I observe is is when I think when this uh, has bothered you in the past, Austin. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think what it is is that there are there are still co coaching opportunities, and they're being kind of left maybe even un unaddressed, or or maybe you're concerned that uh, that the the concept that you've uh that you've helped somebody get to when they leave it will diffuse right it, it will it will become watered down because it'll be heard secondhand third hand um and so you know if that does happen though right and you know you're, you're still improving um you know by extension uh or by separation 
you know, both that person's ability to coach as well as, you know, the um, maybe the growth of the idea so that by the second or third time they hear it from other people, um, you know, it, it, there's this concept, I think, in like sales and marketing of like a thousand voices, one message. And um, <laughs> and so you're just adding a voice to the chorus, uh, which then makes a idea much more likely to be adopted. So I, I think that those are just like some of the reasons why you'd intentionally uh, disrupt teams like that, right? Yeah, and I think I think I'm 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 happy I'm happy for people to change teams and switch and all that kind of stuff. I think what what I feel in the waters is it feels trendy to switch all the time, and that there's just like a virtue in mm -hmm. that. And if you're doing that, it's good. Like it has to be good, right? Um, and then if you're staying around a long time, it has to be bad, you know. And I know that's not what you're saying, mm -hmm. but I kind of get that feeling, that trend sometimes. Yeah. And I think what I would like to advocate for is. There are benefits to short-term coaching and short-term influence, and there are benefits to long-term coaching and influence, yep. and just to be case-by-case case reasonable about it. So in certain cases, having people switching around and short-term coaching each other is good. In other cases, that might be causing too much chaos, and the satire change model is like, you know, dipping, yeah. dipping, 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 right? Um, and so um, I think just taking it case-by-case case and doing, you know, sustainable growth uh is is what feels nice to me i think the what i've heard people tell me about that is that it's sad is that let's say you have a group of 100 people how do all 100 people you know learn about something innovative in this model it might take 10 years right it might yeah. take 20 years right <laughs> <laughs> because if you rush it out there then you get a really diffuse version of whatever good thing that this team discovered over here right yeah. <laughs> and so but if you do this like slow gradual cell division the quality stays high and it keeps growing, right? But it's like very slow organic growth. It, it kind of reminds me of when you watch uh, Shark Tank of like the people who want to go big right away, like, you know, sell millions yeah. and millions in their first year of business versus someone who's like willing to grow 5% every year in their business, right? And yeah. so I feel like I sense in my life in general, I'm more the 5% growth instead of like go broke or go home kind of <laughs> stuff, well, you know? And it, stuff. It's interesting you know yeah you, you bring up like the the virtue in it and and so um we've tried multiple experiments right so yeah um initially so so we you know i i wrote that experience report around our initial growth from five to 24 people mm -hmm. and in that experience report i talk about the grow and the split and then once we kind of stabilized there uh, we had people on the team that were like i want to switch every day i i feel I, if I stay on a mob for more than one day, I feel stagnant. And when I do switch, I can can help introduce people to interesting practices that help. Uh, sure. And there was a, a visceral negative reaction to that person switching around all the time. Um, and so so then, uh, you know, gradually over time, uh, you know, we had turnover, we hired new people, other things like that. And then uh, the experiment was brought up again. Um, but, and so I said, well, this is what happened before. And it was a big problem. Let's try something else. And so, uh, so then, you know, we, we kind of set a criteria for success and a timeline on it. And we said, okay, so we're going to take two different products and, and actually, no, there, there was another experiment before that. And that was, there was a mob and a pair. 
uh, a mob of three and a pair of two is a team of five. And so what they would do is that, you know, every hour they would rotate a person between the two. And so they had context and this was very similar to the experiment in Japan uh, that they talked about with the linked mobber or the, uh, the, yeah, the linked navigators uh, synchronizing between the two navigators. Um, and so they rotated between the two projects and that felt very successful to that team, but there was no adoption of the practice by other teams. Um, and then, and then after that, it was brought up again in the sense of like, I want to switch every day. And, and so, uh, we said, okay, we're going to clear out two teams. Those two teams will be only filled with people that want to switch all the time. And uh, it was very disruptive to the product owners. The product owners were like, whoa, what is going on? I'm super confused by what you're doing right now. Um, and uh, and so it, it was a little bit painful for them, I think, kind of switching the person they talked to each day, things like that. So, so then we came up with this. Uh, so, so we said, well, that experiment is is too uh maybe painful for people outside the group and so the latest version of this experiment is this idea of um uh set up a set of teams and they all uh have you know basically like dedicated so so if if the people that want to switch often disperse to be uh on on different teams instead of the same team then you have some people staying a long time and some people staying a short time. And the people rotating often are carrying practices between teams. The people that are are staying on the same team are uh, maybe putting concentrated thought into uh, both the product and the, the retrospective cycle and, and providing continuity. And uh, I think that that version of the experiment has uh, um, largely... Uh, been much more accepted and and has actually felt better uh, in a sense uh, for the people involved. And so I, I did find that very interesting um, as, as a resulting side effect. So uh, we're still going to evaluate that experiment and that evaluation is coming up. But um, it, it of all of the iterations that we've had, this one, I think, has the uh, has the biggest, I think, opportunity or chance at success, just given what I've observed so far. Yeah, yeah, and I think I'm pulling up a picture of your lofty goals because I think, you know, I was reading Deming this morning and this is making this topic go broader, but it's good. It's super good um, because I think they're deeply related. You know, with dynamic reteaming and diffusion of innovation, they're, they're deeply related. Um, and what Deming was saying this morning is every system has an aim, right? And so if the aim of the system are some of the lofty goals, for example, clean code, uh, you know, psychological safety. Uh, what was, I'm trying to find the one on vacation. Uh, zero silos. Anyone can take a vacation at any time. Exactly. Right. And so, um, so if your goal is to maintain the lofty goals, I think, you know, the context, uh, will determine if a certain switching rate will destroy some of these lofty goals or not, or enhance them. Right. And so, if the switching is happening so rapidly and no one has context and there's only one person staying on one product and they're the only one who understands what's going on, they've lost their ability to vacation whenever they want because <laughs> mm -hmm. everyone else has such transient knowledge. Right. And I'm talking in extremes, but I'm just saying like there. Yeah. And so I feel like for me, kind of going back to my notes here, their healthy mobbing requires there, there's certain, certain things that need to be there 
for the lofty goals to be met, right? Like you need a reliable quorum <laughs> that's punctual and, you know, competent in the domain and competent in the XP skills um, and enough, sufficient enough to retain context to keep your lofty goal thing of people can vacation at any time. Right. And okay. so, um, you know, there, there, I don't know what the number is, I mean, it probably depends on context to context. But there is a, a rate at which you're reteaming so much that you lose the ability to do some of these things, right? There's like a, there's like a, you know, you, you, you're, you're going, you know, 200 miles an hour, you're, you're, you're going to lose traction, right? Yeah. <laughs> or something, right? Um, and so for me, I guess I kind of go back to my, my, what I would argue for is based on the context and situation, are we able to maintain the lofty goals and switch? you know, yeah. and, you know, whatever rate we can uh, switch and diffuse and let that stuff keep happening, uh, let it happen. But as soon as you start losing the lofty goals, you've, you've hit the, you've gone past, you know, the speed limit that your car can keep traction on or whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mixing okay. analogies here, but. Or uh, so, so, or, yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, or there may be a absence of automation in context sharing. And so, uh, I think that if it, it so, so there's often a series of technologies used and if you're rotating often, you can still train up in the technologies that you're rotating through. Right. So, uh, I think, you know, when, when you're looking at a product and you're, and you're saying like, oh, what do we need to do next? How and why, um, if it's not clear from uh you know automated diagramming uh you know tracer uh, systems uh, your ability to debug and or test then it's possible that the the ability to properly maintain con maintain context even while rapidly switching um could be another approach to the zero silos thing and maybe it's just exposing a problem right um i think one reason why mobbing is super effective is uh that it amplifies pain right and so when you mob it, it's 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 pain so when you're working solo it's very painful to work on something repetitive right but often people just go ahead and do it anyway mm -hmm. and when you mob it is four times more painful to do something repetitive or or more maybe it's exponentially because then people complain about it together um, and, and then that drives automation. And so, so I think that some of the practices that evolve over time and, and things, especially things that bubble around in my head is like, like, how do we amplify the pain of something obviously missing so that people put in the effort to automate it? Um, and so, you know, maybe, um, yeah, and this this may be the experiment that I would run. Like, if it is truly painful to have people rotating, and it feels like they don't have context, like, how do we summarize that context quickly? Right. So, um, a lot, and I, I think this is a big problem right now, and why there's a lot of tools um, around microservices traceability and and tracer rounds. Um, you know, there's a lot of tooling that gets built up around this because. It's like, hey, I, I want to get everybody up to speed as quickly as possible so they can make the next feature. Um, and and I think that that you know, if you have people switching quickly and not maintaining the context, then it hasn't been 
uh, visually represented or captured anywhere in in, in an easily digestible way, and mm-hmm. and that, I think that exposing that, um, so so maybe it's really painful right now, um, and and I think there's a big difference between like people that uh, maybe recoil from the pain versus like taking that pain and and y- using it to drive <laughs> change, right? Sure, sure, um, sure, sure. And so. So there, I, I just have a question about like, if you looked at the pain from a, like, you know, maybe this pain is an, a new understanding. How do we digest mm. that understanding? Sure. Um, that might help. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's, yeah, I think there, there, there's value in that. Right. And so it's kind of like, um, uh, you have a, t- you have a way of working, Right where you're able to have lofty goals. You have clean code, you have Zaro Boogs, you're delivering daily. Um, you have zero silos, anyone can take a va- vacation. I'll just keep those in mind. Or, and you have psychological safety. And then you diffuse out too much and you start losing those things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess what I hear you saying, my, my first reaction to that is we've diffused too much. We need to recoil back to what worked and then figure out a way to diffuse where we don't lose what we have, right? I think what I hear you saying is, we diffuse harder and we problem solve harder on why we've lost those things when we diffused, right? <laughs> yeah. well, well, so so maybe there is a pattern you can expose, sure. right? Yeah. Um, or, you know, other uh, individual pieces to that. But I mean, you're right. Like you don't want to make the system regress, right? Yeah. Um, and... And there's there's merit in saying, you know, retrospecting towards better is important. Sure. Um, and so, but if you have something super successful mm-hmm. and and other things are struggling, right? Yeah. Then then there's two schools of thought, right? So you could isolate the thing that's super successful and just draw lots of attention to it, right? Um, and if you did that, what I see most often happen is people become resentful of that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. you know, it, it, it maybe it's like fundamental attribution error on one part and then like other parts, it's like, um, just, you know, people don't like feeling like they need are should be compared and, and, and things like that. So, so like instead of keeping the thing that's super successful is, take the constituent parts that have had the experience, the people in that, in that group that have had those experiences. And, and if you diffuse, if you, if you send them into the, into the, uh, into the pool, um, then what will happen, I think, is that uh, the discussions and retrospectives change. Yeah. And so, because you, if you've had somebody with a good experience in a group of people that have only had bad experiences, then, then, often they will have an eye for what could be different. Um, And so, you know, but, but I I think that's different than the frequent rotating um, piece because there's also uh, I think some people thrive in frequently changing contexts. Like I, I prefer to look at, something different as often as possible um and nice. so so you know like for me yeah um, if i join a mob and i can say like oh hey you know let's refactor this let's make this more clear mm-hmm. let's automate the understanding um 
then then go away yeah um, then you know at times i think that 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 will that does have have had that has had a lasting effect but i've also seen it be very effective the opposite direction um yeah and so if you have a mix of both yes on a team then it's it's possible and that's why i'm saying like this latest the latest experiment in this may may be or, or at least appears to be more effective in general is is this idea that um you have like frequent switchers and and low frequency switchers and and then then those sorts of things can happen organically but um yeah i don't know yeah yeah no i think it's great and I, I think i'm all for experimenting and finding ways to diffuse and not lose the lofty goals um yeah. And so if there are ways via automation or, you know, whatever cool new fandangled thing is, I think what I would advocate for is keep the good thing you have going and then experiment, you know, you want to both end, right? Keep the good thing you have going and then try to diffuse without destroying the original thing, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And so are there safe ways to experiment and keep fulfilling the lofty goals, delivering daily with clean code and zero silos um, and experiment and find ways to diffuse that without destroying the original thing, you know? And so I think... That that's what I would love to see, and I, I don't know the answer to that. And so we we maybe we uh, throw it out to our audience, and uh, you know how how do you uh, how do you do such a thing? So uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on that. Um, but any other thoughts, Chris, before we close, because we are hitting our time. Just, uh, that all has to be balanced with the the ticking time bomb of interest, of personal interest, and sure, how long a person can be part of a team before they start wondering, like you know what new experience is going to happen. And some people are happy to be on the same team forever and ever and ever. And, and yeah. others, others prefer to move on. And and the industry average is two years. And so, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. if, you know, so, so anyway, those, yeah. those, are, the, those are the thoughts. It, it's, it's all of that sure. and the, the slowly ticking away of time and dealing with that. Because <laughs> yeah, unfortunately yeah, yeah. we can't perfectly pre preserve a series of practices. <laughs> but we probably should close out the episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe we're leaving it uh, not neat, neatly uh, tied up in a bow and that's good because that might uh, yeah. inspire uh, those out in the community. To, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, and we thank you for hearing us out. And if uh, please share this with anybody who... You feel like maybe they're, uh, you know, doing really healthy reteaming and diffusion of innovation and uh, they need to teach us how to do it. Um, or you've seen some destructive versions of it and uh, you think it'd be fun for them to join in the conversation and all of us to learn and get better. So uh, we really appreciate your time and uh, mob on and have a good one. Till next time. See you. Bye, everybody.